remain standing. This is uh, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, a lot of times, uh, well, I say a lot of times, I, I don't know about other people. I know for a long time I was confused about Memorial Day, Veterans Day, you know, it's kind of the same thing. But it's really pretty simple. Veterans Day is the day that uh, we recognize and celebrate and uh, thank those who serve and are with us. Uh, Memorial Day is the day that we remember those who served and uh, are not with us. Uh, Some of them died in battle. Some of them died from the results of battle later on in their lives. Some of them uh, just died, but uh, it's when we remember them and uh, and we honor them. And uh, We're we're not really a a church for big pageants and things like that. Uh, What we're going to do this morning is I'd like to bring the lights down and let's just take a moment of silence and then uh, have a brief video. We'll see. As you uh, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, uh, please be aware that uh, there are a lot of faces you won't see because they're on vacation, but there are a lot of faces you won't see because they have left us, but not without serving us. You may be seated. What a good day. Yeah. We're going to talk about the eye of the needle. Uh, today, and uh, gee, I just had you sit down, didn't I? Would you stand with me? And uh, <laughs> yeah, psych. Yeah, most of you knew that. Let's read from the Gospel of Mark. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible but not with God. All things are possible with God. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's true. And I thank you that all things are possible with you. And Lord, I pray that 
right now, the Holy Spirit would touch every person here, that you'd quicken our hearts, and that you would make us receptive to what you want to say to us today. What you want to say to me today. What you want to say to each individual today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, all the parables have a setup. All of, all of the parables, long ones, short ones, have some sort of setup. Uh, this, is, this is one of the few, and admittedly, this is a very short parable uh, about a camel going through the eye of a needle, but uh, it has one of the more famous setups. Most of the setups we don't remember. This one, this one we know pretty well. So we're going to talk about it for, for a few minutes this morning. Um, this young man comes to Jesus, this wealthy man, and, uh, <clears throat> and he asks him uh, about eternal life. He says, what, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And one of the things that we need to understand is this young man was not asking, how can I uh, exist forever? How can I live forever and ever and ever and ever? That's what I want to do. I, I want to I just not die. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm still at a place where I, I want to not die, but the older I get, uh, I wanted to not die a lot more when I was 20 than I do when I'm pushing 70, you know, uh, look, you know, I can, I can see the end of the road there somewhere and that, and I'm, I'm okay with it, but that's not what he's talking about. The, the, the Hebrew concept of eternal life didn't have to do with, with, um, length of time or infinity, but it had to do with the, with the quality of life. Uh, eternal life to, to the, the Jew was the quality of life that God has. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or as I prefer to say, meekness, self-control. Yeah. Uh, and apparently... This was missing. Apparently, this guy, this guy had uh, had wealth, and apparently, he also was a, a a rule keeper. But somehow, eternal life was missing. Some somehow that ha- that hadn't come along. Uh, and, and Jesus says to him, <clears throat> "Why do you call me good?" And I don't think Jesus was rebuking him. I don't think he was saying, "Why are you calling me good?" I mean, there's only one who's good. I think he was going. Why are you calling me good? You do know there's only one who's good, right? Do, do you know something? Uh, maybe a little deeper than I think you know? Because if you do, you're a whole lot closer to the answer than you, than you might suspect that you would be. Uh, anyway, I, I, and I don't know if there was a pause there. I want to I put a pause there. I, I want to I go, why do you call me good? Uh, there's only one good. God's the only one who's good. Okay, <clears throat> keep the commandments. Yeah. So, uh, so that's 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 what he tells him. Uh, and let me just say before we move on, good isn't a, a word for uh, for mediocre. It's not good, better, best. You know, my my mom used to have a little rhyme that she would say, uh, and I can still hear it in my head. Uh, Good, better, best, never let it rest until your good is better and your better is. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's okay. That's fine. I, I, I understand that. But we've kind of relegated that word good to uh, 
you know, to being, to being third class because it's under better for sure. And what you really want is best. And so we've kind of really, that's not it at all. Good is a moral word. Good, evil. It's not good versus best. It's good versus evil. And there's only one who is, who is completely and, 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 and perfectly good. We use it relative to mankind. Sometimes we'll say, well, he was a good man. And we're speaking relatively. We're, we mean, you know, in, in, uh, compared to men in general, he was a good man or she was a good woman compared to, uh, to, to, to women in general. But Jesus says even there, that, that's a misnomer. That, that word really only applies, only applies to one. So he says, keep the commandments. And, and the young man says, well, I, 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 I've done that. I've done that. Why did Jesus tell him, keep the commandments? You know, if you're looking for eternal life, he says, keep the commandments. The reason is because that's what the commandments were designed to do. The commandments are designed, the commandments are not an end in themselves. We we tend to think that that keeping the commandments is an end in in, in itself. No, the, the commandments are there to lead us somewhere. And, and if, if the commandments were kept, then it will lead us to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If we can do that. In fact, Paul says over in Romans, he says, anyone who, who, uh, who has obeyed the law, who's kept the commandments, uh, has loved. Has loved his fellow man. And... Uh, so the commandments were not given so we can prove to God that we're worthy of something. And that's often the way that we approach them. You know, if, if, I'll, if I'll keep enough of these and I'll do a good enough job keeping them, then God's going to look at me and go, wow, you're a good boy. You know, you're a good girl or better or best or something like that. But that's not what they're there for. They're there to, to lead us into finding real life. And, and if we could perfectly, if we lived in a world where everybody Kept all these. What a, what a wonderful world it would be, but obviously, obviously we don't. And, and this young man thought that he had kept them, but obviously he hadn't because something's missing. He had simply obeyed some rules. That's what he had done. He had simply obeyed some rules rather than keeping the commandments and then becoming a part of his heart and becoming a part of his life and 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 leading him into love. Simply, simply obeying some rules can't, can't make one perfect. And so Jesus, uh, you know, when, 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 the, when the young man said, well, I've kept those, I've kept them since my life, Jesus, well, now, wait a minute. You lack one thing. I suspect that he lacked more than one thing. Uh, I, I know that I lack several things. But, you know, there was one real big one that Jesus Jesus was getting ready to put, to put his finger on, and, and this was it. it. Basically, what he says is this. Your stuff is keeping you from the kingdom and from your fellow man. So, get rid of your stuff. What happened to my stuff? <laughs> yeah, it just, we just got rid of it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Your stuff is keeping you from... Your stuff is keeping you from the kingdom. It's keeping you from, from your fellow men. If you'll get rid of that, then, then, then you, can, you can come and, and, and you, can, you, can, you can follow me. Uh, the young man, when, when, when he heard this, when Jesus nailed him, he went away sad. 
Why did he go away sad? Does anybody know why he went away sad? You remember what we read? It tells us exactly why he went away sad. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Because he had a lot of stuff. Now, we actually all have great wealth, but I'm not going to go there today. We, we, won't, we won't go into that. Uh, suffice it to say that his great wealth made him sad instead of happy. His great wealth brought him pain and concern rather than relief and, and peace and joy. Uh, and that is, easy, that, that is generally the result of great wealth in a person's life. I mean, you know, if you, if, if you, don't, if you don't have much, you know, you can, just, you can just love people. You can just go. But if you got a lot, have you ever thought of what you'd do with $100 billion? Me and Justin. Yes, sir, buddy. Yeah, I've thought about it. I mean, after the Maserati, and, you know, and after, well, I don't want a boat. Huh, what? That is said and done, brother. <laughs> said and done. You know, yeah, I mean, but, uh, and actually, I don't really want a Maserati either. Uh, after the pickup truck, no boat. No boat whatsoever. But I thought, you know, what, what I mean, what would I do with that? You know what I'd really like to do? I mean, I, I don't know if $100 billion could do it, and I don't quite, you know, I'm sure there'd be issues and problems. What I'd really like to do is I'd like to bring fresh water to everybody in, in, on the earth, many of whom don't have fresh drinking water. I mean, wouldn't that be so cool, you know, to be able to do that? I, I, I don't know if, if that much money could make, how, what kind of impact that could maybe make on, on human trafficking in the world. I'd like to try and end that and put, a, put an end to that. Uh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm dreaming, right? I mean, I'm dreaming. I woke up and my bank account finally said $100 billion in it. I go, whoa, okay, let's do something with this. You know, that's not usually how it happens for people. And, and they get this money and they, and they, and they kind of go, ooh, I got this stuff. Now I got to, you know, the government's after it. The, uh, the scammers are after it. My family's after it. Uh, there's no telling who else is after it. I need to build some walls and create some, some barriers and, I got to keep this this stuff. That's what happens, and it brings us sadness in our lives. That's what it tends to do. Uh, this this I, I love this. This was a shot to the heart because, and like I say, I suspect there's more than one issue in this man's life. But Jesus Jesus hit the one. I mean, he, he hit the thing. It's a dangerous thing to come to God and go, what do I need to do? It's a dangerous thing to come to God and go, you know, how, how can I be completely yours, Lord? How, how can I have the blessings that you really want in my life? Because he'll tell you. You know, he'll, he'll, he, will, he will tell you what it is. And now, the young man clearly heard what Jesus said. There was nothing ambiguous about it. And he clearly understood what Jesus... I mean, I don't think he went away going, sell what I have and give to the poor. What does that mean? 
you know, that's got to mean something. There's got to be a, a secret meaning there somewhere. You know, I don't think he went, no, it was clear. And he went away. He went away. Sad. He walked away embracing his problem and rejecting real life, which is what he had asked for. I suspect that there are people here today, and I may be one of them, but you know, I suspect that there are people here today who at some point in time have come to God and He's gone back, right there. And occasionally he'll do that and some of us will go, okay, got it. And when you do, incredible things happen. But for the most part, I think most people, you know, that right there, we tend to embrace our problem and go, "Uh, I don't think I can. And don't be deceived into thinking, well, you know, I, I, money's not my problem. I mean, I tithe, I give, I, you know, God's got, all, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm not the kind of person who has a lot of issues with sexual temptations and things like that, you know, so, so I'm, you know, I'm pretty safe, you know, and God's gone. You're fearful. You're anxious. You, you don't really trust me. You're mean. Anybody here mean? Of course not. Anybody here have people in their lives that you go, that you got a thing and you're just carrying it and you're going, because you deserve to carry it. And God's going, put that down. Put that down. It ain't a great, the living God, yeah, who who knows us and knows what's going on in our lives. And Jesus clearly said this in love. He didn't say, "Man, you you need to get rid of that all that stuff that you got and give." It. No, he said, "Hey, I tell you what, take what you have, sell it, give it to the poor, and then come live with me. Come on, come follow me. You twenty four seven, buddy, you and me." We'll spend life, we'll live life together. He offered him the opportunity to be with him. And he offers us that opportunity. Let me just say this, because if you're one of those people that he has shown you something and you still got it, the deal's still on. I mean, does anybody think for one minute, had the young man come back a month later and gone, I did it. I'm ready to do it. Uh, let, let's let you know where where do you want me to give it? You know, does anybody think that Jesus would have gone? Uh, too late. No, no, it would have been right there, and it's still right there for you. It's 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 still on, still is. And so he leaves, and Jesus Jesus says this strange thing. He says how hard it is for the rich. To enter the kingdom of God. And I say it's strange, you know, Jesus, there's nowhere, really, in Scripture anyway, that Jesus says, man, how, how hard it is for the ignorant to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is for the violent, violent to enter the kingdom of God. How, how, how hard it is for the, for the slothful to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is, 
you know, for the, for the wild to enter the kingdom of God. No, there's only one category he singles out. And all that. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, it's hard to enter the kingdom of God, period. But there's one category that, that he singles out. It, it is hard uh, for, for those to enter the kingdom, but we already knew that. When it comes to the rich, see, then as now, wealth was often seen as a sign of God's favor. Well, God must love that person. He's, he's rolling in dough. God must love that one. I mean, look what, well, look what she's driving. You know, look where they're living. You know, God must love them. That, that, seen that, that way. And, and such blessings can come from God. They absolutely can. They can also come, they can also come from the enemy. You know, because, because sometimes they are a blessing and sometimes they are a trap. Uh, but if the stuff you got is God is your evidence of God's favor in your life? Then yeah, you you you're missing it big time. Because the evidence of God's favor in your life isn't your bank account. The evidence of God's favor in your life isn't what you're driving or where you're living or the or the threads you're wearing. The evidence of God's favor in your life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. That's the evidence of God's favor in your life. And, and, if, and if wealth is added to it, well, that's, that's great. You'll be able to handle it rather than it handling you because you've got something better than money. You've got something better than stuff that's filling up your life. Well, this thing about a camel going through the eye of a needle. Uh, uh, when I was... We are actually going to talk about the eye of the needle here for, for just a few. We got five more minutes for me to do that. Uh, but I felt like all that other stuff needed saying as well. Uh, I was taught, I mean, I, I, would, I, I would hear this, this taught, and I remember at some point in time being taught that, well, you know, there's this little, there's this little after hours door in, in Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, once the gate was shut, uh, 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 a camel could actually get through that, but you had to unload all the stuff off of it. And I go, well, hallelujah. You know, that's, and, and that's a good teaching. I, I, I totally get it. In order to enter, have to, have to uh, unload the stuff. However, uh, first of all, there's no real evidence of there being such a door. All right. Uh, you know, I think that kind of, that was, that was uh, fake news. Uh, you know, now occasionally people will, you'll see people going, here I am at the eye of the needle in, in Jerusalem. But come on, I mean, that's a little boy. You know how big a camel is? That's not the eye of the needle. Uh, <clears throat> here's the thing. Leave it to us. Well, first of all, let me say what Jesus' teaching was about this. He said, it's impossible. With man, it's impossible. And, and leave it to us to hear Jesus say, with man, this is impossible, and then teach about how we can actually do it. Was Jesus wrong? No. Listen, uh, there, there are things that are impossible with man. Regardless of what they told you in school, 
Oh, you can do any, everything is possible. Regardless of what the advertising says, all things are possible. Well, uh, not with man. There, there are things that can't be done. But with God, all things are possible. Absolutely. No, nothing is impossible with God. It's impossible for a nation of, of slaves to be not only brought out of bondage, but brought out of bondage with a, with, with a bunch of loot and everything, with no human uprising whatsoever. No, no sit-ins, no civil disobedience, no armies coming to invade the land, no, no election with a new uh, administration, just, just God. Coming in and moving. It's impossible for a huge body of water to open up and dry land appear under that body of water. People walk through it and then you got the army coming in from, that's, that's trying to attack them and go after them. They get in the middle of it and the water comes in back and drowns them all at just the right minute. That's impossible. With man, I mean, you can't even... You can do it on film, okay? But you can't do it in, in real life. Man can't do it in real life. It's impossible to take five loaves of bread and two fish and satisfy the hunger of 5,000 people. That's impossible. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Uh, uh, and I've, I've heard, well, you know, what Jesus did was He just showed the people how to share and they all began to share. Oh, just shut up. You know, just, just tell me how we can do the impossible. I don't have to do the impossible because I have a God who can do the impossible. It's impossible for someone to rise from the dead never to die again. God did it. it, it it's, it's impossible to take a, a, a broken, miserable, headed for, the, headed for the trash heap life, lift it out of the miry clay, set it on a solid rock, put a new song in their mouth. Hey, here, I'm one. You know, some, some of you are one. Now, here's, here's the thing. There are things, there are things in your life that are impossible with man. And because they're impossible, you kind of had a tendency to just set them aside. Kind of had a tendency to just go, no, well, that, that can't happen. And that's why you're here today. Because God wanted you here to hear nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Whatever that is. It may be that thing that He touched 15 years ago and said, that's what needs to change. And for 15 years you've been going, oh, I can't. I don't think, I, that's not really what He said, was it? You know, I can't really do that. Hey, it's possible with God. Maybe something more recent. That's what God told me to say today. He said, tell people, nothing is impossible with me.